Hey everyone, I'm your host Jamika and you're listening to It's Kinda Crazy with this week's guest Travis Jeffrey. Travis is an Australian actor who's graced our screens across many films and TV series from Angelina Jolie's Unbroken, Love Child to now a role in the upcoming Planet of the Apes reboot. He tells us about his journey into the world of acting, some of the harder sides of the job, as well as some of his great onset experiences. Here we go. To start, yes, something that we won't talk about too much later okay. on, but you do have a role in the upcoming Planet of the Apes. I do. Films, which I'm is very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. was That that must have been a very exciting phone call. It was. I was in a paddock and I think I started crying. <laughs> um, it had been a pretty tough, tough year because of COVID, as everybody had had. There wasn't much work around. Um, and I was down in Melbourne shooting a commercial. And my agent called. And she's like, you've been approved. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> do I have it? <laughs> do I have it? Like, Please tell me. And then she's like, you got it. Oh, and my then, gosh. Uh, yeah, it was a bit sad. Yeah. yeah. In a good way. Like um, happy sad. Happy sad. Just uh, the relief, you know, and it's such a cool franchise and it's something I've looked up to my entire life and huge fan of of the films and Andy Circus and it was just, yeah, surreal. I was going to say, Still like, trying to work it out. such a surreal moment to get that call. I feel like you'd almost be frozen. What am I? Yeah, pretty what, much. What I just, do you mean? I just kind of went back and sat down in silence for about an hour, I think. <laughs> It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. But yeah. Because like, obviously as an actor, like doing a project like that is something I'd imagine that everyone wants to do at least once. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I'll keep doing them forever. If yeah. They keep having me. So. Exactly. Um, That's yeah, awesome. It was uh, very cool and a very cool experience. So very excited to share it with everyone. Yeah. What would, what would little Travis think of that if he could know back in the past? Oh, he, he would be stoked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. The amount of running and jumping and cool stuff that I got to do, which we can't talk too much about. Of course. But uh, little Travis would have loved it. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you remember Do you remember the first time that you saw something or when it was that you were like acting? This is what I want to do. Because some people have a very distinct moment and then others kind of just, no, I just fell into yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, I, um, I grew up playing a lot of sport. Yeah. My dad was a, a footy player. He played for the VFL in Melbourne, which oh, no is kind way. of close to AFL. Um, you know, so sport was a huge part of his life. So it was very important to for him to have his kids playing sport. And, you know, um, and I wasn't great at sport. <laughs> so um, a little bit of conflict there. Um, yeah. And all my other siblings were uh, my little sister, Rebecca, and my little sister, uh, my little brother, Maddie, were, were incredible. They just pick stuff up and they do it. Um so we grew up as a sporting family and then I kind of got to like middle of high school and I was like, what's the opposite I can do yeah. of sport? I've tried um, this. Yeah, I've tried this. I'm no good at it. Um, so I, a, a few of my friends were in the local theatre uh, theater company and I started doing plays in high school. Um, the drama teacher was like, hey, you should be in a play. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was terrifying. Oh, yeah. Uh, opening night. And I played... Um, I was playing a character who didn't talk. The only thing I said in the, I had one line and I sang it and my voice was oh. breaking at the time. Um, so that was my first experience and it was absolutely terrifying, but loved it, fell in love with it. And uh, my older sister, Tracy, um, did a lot of acting as she grew up and did some blue healers and things like that. Um, and then luckily graduated high school, got into drama school over in Perth and then just sort of never looked back from there. Just really... Really, we fell in love with it, fell in love with the industry and the storytelling and what we get to do. And yeah, it's, uh, it's an unstable industry, but you know, when you love it, it, um, you know, it doesn't feel like work and you kind of, it's, it's easy to take the highs and lows, you know, when you, when you're in it for the love rather than, you know, I think a lot of people go like, oh, I'm going to get famous. I'm going to get rich, which you're not Yeah. in this industry. No. Um, you know. The, That's the one, that is definitely the 1%. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got to find the reason that, that drives you to do it, I think. So, um, and it's, and it's, it takes a lot of work and a lot of balance working that out. You mm. know, when I graduated drama school, I was a very serious actor. <laughs> um, you know, I, my identity was just acting. I, I was yeah. an actor. Uh, and then you know, you'd sort of validate yourself 
against getting work. And there's not a lot of work anyway. Even the most successful actors in Australia are probably acting max six months out of the year. Unless you're on Home and Away or Neighbours, it's a full running show. Yeah. Um, so when you're not working, you go like, well, I'm a real piece of shit because I'm not working. Uh, it must mean I'm a, I'm a bad actor. I'm no good. But it's just the way the industry works. So finding what I think's really helped my work and it makes you relaxed and it takes away all the pressure is finding the parts of your life that you love outside of acting, you know, whether that be your partner or, or your friends or, you know, going to the beach or having hobbies, just things that make your life enjoyable when you're not chasing this dream. Mm. Um, so I think finding that, that balance is really important. And I think at the end of the day, it makes you a much better actor because, you know, people always say that you can smell desperation, you can see desperation. And, you know, a lot of actors, we're all broke, you know. We yeah. we are a bit desperate. We need to pay rent. We want to stop delivering wine or, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think when you find a balance in your life, it takes that pressure off. Um, you know, when, you, when you're happy just existing and then getting an acting job is a cherry on top, um, you know, I think you'll do much better work. Yeah. And I think doing it, like you said, especially straight out of uni there's not a lot of there's not a lot of work then and then in general even but when you love it it really weeds out the people that are like oh i'm just going to do this to get famous and get rich quick yeah absolutely it's not the case no absolutely and i was talking to my friend the other day and the the arts industry and the acting industry is literally a game of rejection survival yeah the longer you can survive people telling you no the less people there are <laughs> yeah, to like, tell no right, to. I'm getting closer. You know, like you make it to 80. You look at the the 80 year old actors in Australia, and you go, "It's only a few of them. Great. Yeah, if we yeah. can make it to that, the chances are <laughs> pretty good." Just gotta hang on. Just gotta hang on. Um, but yeah, so it's you got to have a pretty tough skin, and I think you develop that. And mm. you know, people always go, you know, don't take acting personally, which is hard because it's literally they're saying no to your face. Yeah, you to know? you. It's like, <laughs> hey, you're not what we want for this role, you specifically. Um, and you go, ah, oh. how do I not take that one personally? <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then you start to learn, you know, you know, I've got a lot of friends in casting and, and have started working more, you know, doing a bit of producing stuff and writing stuff. And, and you know, I've always tried to take, you know, take in what's happening around me as an actor because I think understanding the world, you know, lighting, directing, all that sort of stuff just makes everybody's jobs easier. It makes mm. it more cohesive, you know. So seeing all the little pieces that go into making a film, making a TV show, you go, oh, wow, is such a massive jigsaw puzzle. So maybe it's not personal. Maybe it's, you know, and it, and it can be things as silly as like the lead has brown hair. So we don't want the best friend to have brown hair on screen as well. Like you were great for the part. You were the best for the part. But it just doesn't fit in this puzzle piece. So learning those kind of things and, and kind of really understanding the machine that, that casting is and, and all the levels and layers, it, it kind of does help you see. It's like, oh, at the end of the day, it's not personal. You know, you rock up, you do your best work, you do something, you know, I always try and make sure I do something that I'm proud of, that I leave something I'm proud of on the table. And if it doesn't work, it's a shame, but I have, I have you know, I have done the best I can and then anything else on that's a bonus. You know, the, mm. the, the auditioning is where you get to act. Yeah. And then the job is the the bonus. Um, you know, it's the <laughs> bonus we all want. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, so just uh, just kind of taking note and, and going, oh, okay, it's not me. I've done my best. I've tried my hardest. And we always know when we try our hardest. Yeah, of course. It is, it is, it is a, just a massive set of cogs that they're trying to get to fit together. It really is. But I think, like you said, learning all the different parts that, is that machine also gives you so much more appreciation for everyone's, all the different types of jobs. Because yeah. a lot of the time, I remember when I started, half the jobs I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. I was like, there's oh. a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is. Especially like the bigger a job gets, you're like, oh, wow, there's people yeah. for that. And you wouldn't have even thought that that was a thing. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I've been doing this for 12 years, I think. And I've been, you know, incredibly lucky and worked on some massive things. I was still terrified every time I work on, walk onto set. And I can imagine for you, like, you know, you spend a lot of time not on set and have just started coming on set. Yeah. It's a terrifying place. It, it is, which is funny because everyone is usually once you oh, get so on lovely. set, so lovely. But it's that initial, yeah. you're walking onto this big thing and everyone on set spends so much time together. Like you yeah. literally spend 
10 plus hours a day with yeah. those people. So everyone knows each other very it's well. so comfortable. It's such a family. And I think what is, it's, it moves so fast as well. And everybody so knows quickly. exactly what they're doing. So everybody's so confident and you walk in and people are just like buzzing around and doing stuff. And you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> why here? am I here? I, why am I here? <laughs> everybody, so, everybody knows exactly what they're doing and I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it can be, uh, can be an overwhelming place. But then when you start to, especially in Australia, it's quite a small industry. It's really lovely seeing the faces again and going like, oh, I actually know what that job is now. That's great. And, totally. And, oh, I know, you know, I know that person and just kind of bit by bit working it out because there are just so many jobs, as you said, a job for everything, things you'd never think of. It's wild. But every job's just as important as the next and it all comes together to make that final product, which a lot of people don't think about when they watch the film. They're like, wow, that was a really well-made film. That director's incredible. But, you know, there's... 600 to a thousand people you just have to sit and watch the credits yeah absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah um so it uh it is just such a just such a collaboration yeah i think another thing about film that i've noticed anyway was that is such a nice thing but then also like one of the hardest parts is you work on a job and you spend sometimes like six months with those people and you become like you said like really a tight-knit family and then one day it's just kind of like Oh, cool. Everyone's yeah. done. Like, we're on to the next thing, which was the first one I ever did. I remember being like, oh, oh this is goodbye. Oh, bye, guys. And yeah. especially having people like who work overseas who were just here for the job and then yeah. they just leave and that's it. And then you sometimes like don't talk to any of them ever again. Ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wow, but we were like, we were so close. Yeah, yeah. We saw each other for like 12 hours a day for six yeah. months. It's such a fleeting sort of industry. You know, you're just crossing paths. And, but I think the ones that, you know, that you're meant to stay friends with, you know, the, the effort will be there and, and it will work out, you know, like I'll pro- I've probably got like a dozen people over the last 12 years that I'm super, still really close with and, you know, they've become family. Yeah. And, you know, and you're just as close with the other people for for the shoot, but, you know, then, then your lives kind of go separate ways and, you know, you're different people and live in different parts of the world and... Um, but I think that's, you know, it's such a great thing and, and such a sad thing, but just the exposure we have to new people all the time is really cool. Yeah. Um, and then if it's, you know, if you, if you want to stay friends, then, you know, it probably takes a bit of work, but you know, I think they're the friends that you really, you'll have forever. Totally. And it's so, it's so exciting when you go into a different job and you're like, Yes, they're here. Yeah. Or like you're on this job too. And it takes some of that pressure away as well. You're like, Yes, I know I know someone. Yeah. I know one, a face. I can yeah. walk onto this set and I can go straight to that person. <laughs> yeah. That was very much how I did it and got more comfortable going onto set. I had like people that I knew. And yeah. I was like, All right, you straight for <laughs> Hello. them. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Um going back a little bit. Yeah. Am I right in saying that you grew up in the country, I did. I did remember you telling farm. me this? Yes, on a cattle farm. I did. Wow. Yeah. How was, how was that? And was that, was there much exposure to acting? Like I know you said it was theatre. Is that? Yeah. So not really. Like I was kind of pretty confused. There just it, there just didn't seem like there was an avenue. Yeah. For, for myself to get into the acting industry, I just did. I just didn't know how. I kind of fell from from bit to bit, which is is kind of happening in a cool way. Hmm. Uh, happened in a cool way, just sort of fell into things. But you know, doing the plays and stuff, people would always you know be really complimentary and and really nice. And I was like, oh, cool! Like, I'm I might be the kid that's like really good at acting in this town, but I don't know I don't know if it will ever go any further than that. I don't know how to take it to the next step because there's um, not that exposure to all those things you have in the city like you no, live in the absolutely. city and you just and like, see all these opportunities or hear about them yeah but. and and you have that community like we we had a community a really great community within the small town mm. but we all were in the same boat we were like, yeah i don't know how to get out of this town i don't know like you know a big excursion for us was to go see a play at vca in victoria yeah you know, which was like an hour and a half into the city um you know and we're, all these country kids rock up and <laughs> watch these shows and we're like wow this is amazing. It's amazing. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of that. And then started hearing about drama schools, um, you know, going into year 12, I think it was, you know, talking to the, the, um, 
guidance counselors, I was like, oh, you know, like chemistry is pretty cool and stuff like that. And they're like, no, 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 not for you, buddy. Um, yeah. You thought about drama school? I was like, that's so great. I would love that, but that's are you insulting me as well. Um, <laughs> You're like I could do chemistry if I wanted. I, I could do chemistry if I wanted. Um, yeah. So then started researching. You know, you hear about NIDA. NIDA is the really big one. You know, it's an incredible school, but it's kind of the only one you hear about. Yeah. I think VCA and 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 Whopper and um, QUT and like there's a lot that have kind of been up and coming in the last ten years and sort of got more exposure. Um, yeah. But when I was coming out of high school it was just really NIDA and so I was like oh I'm gonna audition for Whopper and I was like I've got no idea what that is but I'll give it a go as well sure <laughs> um so the first year I graduated I didn't know any of these other schools so I just auditioned for NIDA and I think I got maybe a call back and and they were like come back next year because um, it is quite selective right it's a yeah, small it's hugely selective like I think I'm not sure the numbers but they're huge you know they take 18 yeah. people per year and you'd have hundreds in each city. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and coming from the country into the big city to do an audition <laughs> was some of the scariest moments of my life, you know, like being on, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. you know, and Unbroken with Angelina Jolie. And I think that first drama school audition was scarier than any of those things Isn't combined. Isn't so you funny? Know? Um, yeah. And then the next year ended up auditioning for Whopper and... Um, it was kind of that thing of like, oh, they, they like my work. I've got a call back, but I don't think this is ever going to happen because I'm the small town kid. Like I'm not going to – and it actually didn't happen. So really? I auditioned for Whopper um, in 20, 2009. It was just after the the bushfires. Oh. So, yeah, so I auditioned it, the big Black Saturday. So I grew up on a farm that was kind of in the middle of that, hills of the Yarra Valley. Um, we went through the really – those really bad bushfires and it was kind of a weird year and I auditioned for it um, at the end of the year and didn't get in. Usually they, they tell you by Christmas so you can sort your life out and all that sort of stuff and I was like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, I'll just work out what I'll, I'll do this year and then it got to February and it was a really weird thing because I was working in a pub, the Aragorn Grand Hotel. Um, <laughs> shout out to them. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to them. Um, which is during the bushfires, the they took a lot of people in, like we were, you know, running the bar and people coming in and, you know, just such vivid memories of, you know, this guy sat down in front of me and I got him a beer and he's like, he's touching his pockets and he's like, oh, I left my wallet at home. Oh. My home just burnt down. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's going to stick with me forever. And, yeah. Um, you know, and it was a, a year later on, I think it was the 9th of February was the anniversary. Um, you know, it was early Feb. Uh and I was at the pub working and I said to who I was working with, I was like, oh, that's the end of a pretty weird year because it was a year since the bushfires. And then the next day, Whopper called, Chris Edmund from Whopper called, and he's like, hey, do you want to start drama school in three days? And I was like, um, yes. And he's like, no, no, take some time to think about it. I was like, no, 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 no. yes, I will be there. Um, so wow. <laughs> I booked some flights, packed up my life. Got, got to Perth at the end of orientation week, so I missed the whole missed orientation and just rocked up on the Monday and and got into it. So somebody had, unfortunately for them, had to pull out and I um, was on the on the list. I think a few other people actually got in before me, so I was quite far down the <laughs> list, but it just worked out in but my hey, favour. you got in. I got in and that's all that matters. Um, yeah, so it was kind of – and that sort of really kick-started my journey into – the professional world of acting because, you know, Whopper's an incredible school and... Whopper, for anyone who doesn't know. Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. Not a hamburger from uh, <laughs> Hungry, Hungry Jacks. Jacks. Shout out to Hungry Jacks. I'm a vegetarian, guys. We can't talk about it. Um, yeah, so that was like it was no longer small town theatre, you yeah. know, which is great. And I learned so much and made so many incredible friends and, um, and you know, that had prepared me for the auditions. But now it was... You know, it was on. It was proper drama school, proper, you know, elite theatre schools. And these these things, you know, these places can be brutal. Mm. Um, you know, they've changed a lot now, The you know, what's acceptable and, and all that sort of stuff. But, like, when we got there, our second years were like, don't unpack your bags. You're all going home. Because they had just lost two, oh two people who had just been kicked out of their class the year before. So they were really, you know, terrified. And we were all terrified. And 
but it sort of creates this work ethic. And I had this, you know, imposter syndrome coming in because I'd gone in three days before the class had started. You know, I always felt I wasn't meant to be there. So I worked really, really hard, which is something I've taken into my, you know, career, which I really pride myself on, you know, always doing the work and, um, yeah, but that's kind of where I guess my, it's all part of the real journey, but that's where it sort of shifted into, it's like, oh, this is maybe an achievable thing. This could be something, um, you know, then spent the next three years studying at this amazing school and made the best friends of my life. And so it's a three year acting course, three year acting course. Wow. Um, I think it's changed a bit now when I did it, it was an advanced diploma. Mm-hmm. So it was more practical. Yeah. I think with regulations and, and stuff now it's a bachelor. So there's a little bit more, um, you know, more essays and things you have to do. But yep. yeah, when I was there, it's nine to six, five days a week, you're rehearsing on the weekends. Like it's, you're there, you're wow. there to, That's to do it. Um, you know, doing a play every month or two months in second year you know you're just doing so much and that's the only way to um progress as an actor i think you know all the arts are the same everything's the same really you got to do it you know you can read about it you can listen to stuff about it but you've just got to have time on the floor you've just got to be practicing just practice 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 um and that's what whopper was for me and you know i felt really at home which was like you know i still catch up with my friends from hillsville yeah where i grew up like really great mates but all into really different things and, yeah you know, for the first time in my life you know you you get to this campus and people are walking around just like singing at the top of their <laughs> lungs and i was like oh that's a, that's amazing and then you know there's opera students and the musicians and the actors and the mts and musical theater students and it's just like everybody's there because they love it mm. you go, oh great so i'm not the weirdo anymore yeah. who wants to be an actor now i've just found like this family which and is such a cool feeling. Absolutely. And you go like, oh, it's actually okay to want to want to do this. Because, you know, there's a stigma around, especially growing up in a work, you know, in a, in a town that's very working class, Hard you know, work cattle ethic, farmers and a lot of tradies. And, um, and you know, my, my family's farmed cattle for generations. Um, that, you know, you go, oh, I want to be an actor when I grow up. And they go, oh, yeah, well, what, but what's the real job yeah. you're going to get? You know, which is just... It's just how people are raised, um, yeah. you know, so to find a bunch of people that loved it as much as I did was just such a, such a great thing to do and to just kind of really helped me learn and really helped me embrace what I, what I really loved and, mm. and what I really enjoyed. Um, so that was really cool. And those three years are probably some of the best years of my life. If you're yeah. thinking about going to drama school, it's pretty fun. So <laughs> Do uh, it. Do it. Yeah. yeah. I watched spin out recently oh, in the lead up to this yeah. i was like i'm gonna watch you've it. done your research i did well i was like i have to you know i've got to put it in but I, when i was watching it because i had remembered you had said you were from the country and i was pretty sure you'd said it i didn't think i was making it up but when i was watching it i was like wow this would have really rang true because there's that theme throughout the whole thing of like wow all these country kids and everyone's leaving and everyone's going yeah. to the city yeah. and all the mixed emotions around that and i was like oh wow that would have really kind of rung true for you but was that sounds like it was a very easy decision for you to be like I'm out of here? <laughs> yeah, well, I think probably because it was f- not forced on me, but it, it happened so quickly. I was just you didn't like, have time to uh, overthink it. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm out. I'm out. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to pursue it, and you know that where I grew up, like it's a beautiful place and it's incredible, but it's not it, it's not the place where I could have achieved the the goals that I wanted to mm. as an actor. Um, so, but there is that kind of, you know, the guilt of living away from home and sort of, you know, mum and dad, if they even needed help on the farm or if, you know, relatives pass away and things like that, you go like, whoa, I'm not there. I'm not there. Should I, should I like, there's such a thing, I think with Australians and, and, you know, I'm sure it's a very human thing of like chasing your dreams can actually be a selfish thing. You know, and I think people project that on you, you know, because a lot of people, you know, farmers and stuff, they work so hard that they don't have time to, to, you know, my uncles have worked, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours a day, every day for the last yeah 60 years. They know? almost don't have time to think about anything else. Absolutely. You know, so. Especially being born into that when you're just kind of like, this is what, yeah, this, this is, is what this, we do. This is what we do. So for, for me to be able to go off and. And to chase this is such a luxury um, 
you know, that sometimes there's that guilt of being like, oh, should I be home? Should I be helping with this, this stuff? Um, but in terms of the actual leaving, it was, it was very easy because it was very fast and I knew mm. that I wanted it. And my parents are so supportive. Um, you know, it's kind of, it, it came three, like it came, um, came to such a funny kind of end with my dad and the sports stuff because he, you know, I, I, I started acting to kind of go like, what's the opposite of sport? Yeah. And then years later, after I'd gone to drama school and, and after I'd, uh, graduated, he was like, mate, I just want you to know that I always wanted to be an actor, but I didn't have the guts. Oh and I was my like, gosh. Oh my God. Sure. I would have cried. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. And I was like, you know, it's such a beautiful moment. Yeah. Um, because you know, it was when he grew up, it was, you know, you, you'd be a chippy or an engineer and he, you know, he's a mechanic. So when he like filled out his count, the, the guidance counselor form, he wrote acting and then crossed it out because he's like, no, nah, that's not a real, it's not a real thing. You know, so they've always been, my, my folks have always been so supportive of it. So when I told them, they're like, yeah, great, go. And so you know, cool for it. them to get to see you do so many great things with it. Yeah. And, you know, they, they you know, they've been, they've been so supportive all the way. And, you know, people coming up to them at Coles going, are you Travis Jeffries, mum and dad? <laughs> you know, it's just a nice little thing for, you know, um, for, for them and you know they're, they're always chuffed and yeah um so and for the town yeah for the town <laughs> doing, it, doing it for hillsville um yeah so that's so cool do you remember what your first like big job was out of acting school or did you do any were you allowed to do it i suppose you didn't have time while you're at no, so so we we were um it's not often that it happened it kind of had to be case by case yeah i got very close in third year to playing uh, Squizzy Taylor in Underbelly. Yeah, no way. Um, so, like, another terrifying thing. Acting's just full of terrifying <laughs> things. Um, you know, you're out of your comfort zone a lot. So I was flown from Perth. I did an audition in, like, a self-tape, which is kind of what everybody uses now. You film yourself at home or in a studio, send off an audition. It's called self-taping because it used to literally be videotapes. Yeah. You put yourself on <laughs> tape and mail it to America or mail it to... Sydney or wherever you've got to go. Uh, and the then you're here stuck. for three weeks when it's, uh, yeah, and it's stuck. Um, so I got really close. Um, so I got a, got a call back, flew to um, Sydney for this call back for Squizzy Taylor, went back to Perth and then they're like, we need to see you again. And I went back and it, this time it was more kind of with other actors. Um, you know, it was more of a chemistry test and there was a couple of other squizzies there and, you know, it's like the first taste of the real industry. Um, and unfortunately didn't get that job uh, because I think, you know, it was the lead of a series and they were a little worried, you know, rightfully so, about a third-year <laughs> drama school student carrying... <laughs> carrying the show. <laughs> carrying a show. Um, but that's, you know, I learnt really early on and it's a really beautiful thing with... with um, with the, the industry and it's what we're talking about before about like do, leaving your mark, do your best work and forget about it, walk away. Um, I kind of learned early on that you don't just audition for the role that you're auditioning for, you audition for the next one. Yeah. Um, so kind of the first big role I had um, out of drama school was for Gallipoli, for the centenary, wow. uh, centenary of, of um, the landing at Gallipoli. Um, and that was the same casting agent and the same company that had made squizzy yeah you know so it kind of was a roll-on effect they and like, they remember right. you yeah, yeah absolutely so they get you back in um so that was kind of my first big australian thing the biggest role that i had before that straight before that i did a, a film called unbroken um which angelina jolie directed about a guy called louise amperini just an absolutely incredible story um he was her neighbor um, yeah. and and her idol um and it's like she, a real passion project for her. Real passion project. And you could feel it, um, you know, and she's an incredible director. And she got to show him a rough cut just before he passed away. So it's a really, really oh. beautiful story. And that man's life, it's wild. If you, if you don't, like, if you don't know much about him, just look up the stuff that this man has done. Like, the film's all about being in a, a, a POW camp. But that is just, like, the tiniest part of his life. It's just wild what, what mm. was the perseverance this man had. But that was kind of the first big job I had, and that was really eye-opening. Like I did a little bit on um, 
just like some short films straight out of drama school, which you do, yeah. and and a little bit on a show called Anzac Girls, um, which was great. And then I've done a lot of war films. Um, if you play, <laughs> I remember um, you telling start me. counting um, <laughs> from yeah, what, three. <laughs> uh, yeah. So did Anzac Girls, and then got a role in in Unbroken, and so getting to set there, and that was another sort of last minute thing. So I auditioned for an Australian role. Um, and then didn't didn't get it, but they were like, uh, "Angie really likes your face." And I was like, "What does that mean? Oh, Are you it's kidding just me? That alone, like, yes. like, I'm Angela retiring Jolie as an actor now. Face. That's uh, um, what a compliment." And she's like, "This." Uh, they were like, "There's some Irish roles, you know, because it's all about being in this camp. So you've got you know you've got the couple of leads, and then you've got the sort of the 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 people that are around him the whole time." Mm. So there was an Irish role and then that kind of disappeared and they're like, oh, but she wants to see you for a Scottish role. And Scottish has always been the hardest accent. I was going to say, how's your accents? Well, it was good 10 years ago when I did the film. Okay. <laughs> not, not so much anymore. <laughs> not any good. <laughs> um, but they were like, she wants to see you tomorrow uh, for this Scottish role. And I was working, <gasps> at, I was working at a gym at the time uh, and luckily my partner at the time was working at the gym and I was like, can you stand at the desk? Please. I need to go get an accent lesson. So I like got a cab an hour out of the city because it's the only person I could find. Did like a Scottish quick masterclass thing. <laughs> went back, went back to the gym and they called. And they're like, sorry, it's not going to happen uh, no. tomorrow. Um, but come to, come to, we want you to come to Queensland next week and do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then during that week, something had happened and they're like, oh, the roles no longer exist. And I was heartbroken. Yeah. Um, and it really it does to... sum up the chaoticness of the industry though. Oh, but absolutely. <laughs> it's always, it just changes so much and so fast. And then got a call and they're like, uh, come, to, come to Queensland tomorrow for, for this test. Um, you know, Angie wants to test you for the Scottish role. And I was like, oh, well, go. Um, so yeah, so I packed all my stuff up, went to Queensland, got there, and um, the 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 third um, Neri, who we Nerida, who we um, kind of welcomes you, and she was like, "Have some lunch, sit down," and then we had lunch, and then she's like, "Okay, we're gonna get you into costume and to to war um, to to makeup, and then you've got to do some like um, uh, teeth molds because they want to make some fake teeth for you," and I was like, oh, this sounds very should like I? I should I've got the role. And I was like, am I auditioning this afternoon? And she's like, oh no, sorry, we forgot to tell you. Uh, you got the role. You've been approved. Um, you start shooting uh, tomorrow. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, what is going on? But you just have to go with it. Oh yeah, you, you, you don't know, say no to Angelina yeah, Jolie. Sorry, actually. Um, no, <laughs> sorry, I'm Angie. Pass. Sorry, Angie. I'm going to pass on this one. Um, yeah, so we like shot shot a day. I think, and then they sent me home for the weekend to like pack my bags, and then went to Queensland for for three months. You know, and like it was just such a whole new world. Like they put us up in a really nice hotel, and like yeah, this is like. <laughs> so I get like to check into the hotel. Uh, the concierge were like, "Yeah, great. So everything's been paid for. You just need a three hundred dollar deposit." And I was like, "Sorry, what? Uh, so, what?" A three hundred dollar deposit, so I had to call my mum oh. and be like, "Mum, can, can I borrow three hundred dollars? You'll get it back. Uh, yeah, you'll get it back. I, I just don't have any money, and I need to put a deposit on a hotel." <laughs> so that's where I was at at my life in that point in time. But that, um, which is such a true side of acting, though. Yeah, like, for absolutely. a lot of people. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's still, you know, it feels so glamorous, and it looks so glamorous, especially with social media and Instagram. Totally. You only see the good stuff, you know, with magazines, and yeah. you don't really get to see how much people struggle, and because it is, especially in Australia, it's such an, it's such an up and down mm. industry. And you know, I still do part time work in between jobs just to make sure I don't go backwards and I can pay rent and, and yeah, it's, it's just so up and down, but you've got to kind of, you've got to take that as it comes, you know, like being an actor is also being a barista or a bartender, you know, that's kind of or working at cellar force. You know, I've got so many mates that just sell wine over the <laughs> yeah. phone, you know, um, and that's just part of it. So yeah, there's a lot behind the glamour that's not so glamorous. Um, totally. But yeah, so and then moving into shooting that was an incredible experience, and it just was the first time that I saw how big 
this industry is and like what we were talking about before how many people are on set and yeah. that was my first big experience i was shitting myself i stayed in accent for the first <laughs> four weeks of shoot because i was i was i was so nervous um and People I, see now, they're like, oh, you're not Scottish. Well, yeah. I, I, one day I walked into the makeup truck. I was like, good morning, guys. And they're like, you're from Scotland. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. No, actually. I remember I was talking to the, the accent coach, and this is probably the proudest moment of my career. We, we were just chatting, and I, I had my accent on, and, you know, I was doing it. And he's like, oh, so, so whereabouts are you from? And I was like, Melbourne. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Melbourne. He's like Melbourne, Scotland, or <laughs> Melbourne, Scotland. Yeah. That, that, that place. And he's like, "Well done, good job." That's so good because it is. That's a hard accent. It is do. a really hard accent, but once you kind of find the musicality of it, and how like it's such a beautiful accent. Was it almost um, easier staying in accent though? Because I feel like I think so. Yeah, going in and out would. Just... And the two boys that I was cast with, so we were this little clique of three, the Scotsmen. They called us the Scots. And we were like the cheeky ones in the camp that always <laughs> stole a bunch of shit, you know, stealing rice and yeah. coming up with contraptions and stuff like that. Um, those boys were Scottish. Um, that helps. Yeah. So I just stayed in, in accent with them the whole time and they were really helpful and, you know, just we, we all got really close and they would help me with, with you know, things that, that you know, don't come naturally because it's such like a muscular um, accent. You know, Australians, we're quite we can be quite lazy with our yeah. you know with how we use our mouths and and scottish is just so there's so much melody and and gravitas in it so it was um staying in it the whole time really helped and it just kind of you want to get to a point where an accent where it's second nature you know whenever yeah. you're thinking about an accent while performing that's kind of you know it's taking 50% of your brain power so you kind of totally yeah getting distracted from what you should be doing, you know, the, the scene and, you know, your scene partner and what's going on in there. So, yeah, it, um, def- it helps me for sure to stay. Yeah. It's wild as well how much, like, accents, you don't think about it, but it can be, like you just said, a total different way of yeah. moving, like, the muscles in your face or, like, your tongue. Or it's just Absolutely. Such, a, such an art to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, and, you know, you, you talk to a good dialect coach or an accent coach and they break down the you know the reasons for it you know they're like you know breaking down australian it's like you know it's a very hot place so you know there's a lot of flies everywhere so you don't want to open your mouth too much and you know and like you know the nails and nasalness is you know sort of residual from you know you back from cockney and things like that you know so just so interesting yeah how just how they develop and how they change and and it's very environmental based and and you know where you are and who you're next to and mm. so they are they're wild accents accents are wild and it's such an amazing challenge i did a film where i had to i was doing a play where i had to learn italian um <laughs> like do, the uh, actual italian yeah actual italian while doing an italian accent it was a farce wow um and then i got a, a role playing finnish twins and i only spoke yeah. finnish in the film and that was oh probably goodness. the fullest my brain has ever been um did you know any finnish by chance Absolutely not. Um, so they auditioning for that film was such a, a wild experience because they were looking for twins. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty savvy on the old iMovie. Um, so, so I filmed myself twice. and um, Ah, for the self-tape. For the self-tape and put myself next to myself and did the scene. And the first one was in English. You know, yep. it was just a Finnish accent. And I was doing this play and I, and I still don't know to this day if my audition was genius or the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> and I think maybe that's where genius lies, somewhere in yeah. the middle of atrocious and, you know, good. Um, just in a land of, of just who knows what's going on. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Um, so I did this audition and then I was doing the play and I was like, thank, thank goodness I got that audition done. Never have to think about it again. And then they sent, they're like, hey, can you do it in Finnish? By tomorrow morning, and I just finished a full day's rehearsals, and my brain was broken. And they're like, "Don't worry, we've got we've broken it down. We've got the accent coach's mum to do, um, you know, we've got her to to do the dialogue for you." And I was like, "Oh, great! It's going to be nice and easy. You know, I'll just copy." And for you know, when you don't know Finnish, and yes. you know, the recording was like, "Yanko like, sorry, what did she say? Where do I? St- how do we, why, it doesn't I even start? sound like there's a break in any of that. Yeah, no, and, and you know, that's what I learned. It's just so like kind of mono, monotone, this, you know, there's just no emotion in yeah. it. Um, 
and our accent coach later go and she's like, the, the most emotion my dad ever shows is on Christmas Day after a couple of vodkas. <laughs> and that's still not much emotion. <laughs> that's um, not a lot. So I was doing this audition and I was exhausted. And I was like, to sleep on this, usually I'll sleep, you know, you try and learn lines, sleep on it, six yeah. in. I was like, this is going to be no better tomorrow than it is right now. So I wrote it all down <laughs> phonetically, which is like breaking words down by sounds. Yeah. And stuck it around the room, if my self-test room. <laughs> did the did the audition. Didn't have a reader. I just edited my mate's voice in from the day before. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll just use and this. I was just like, I, I just have to get it done. And I sent it off and I was like, that's the worst thing I've ever done. Um, and then I got the role. Um, <laughs> there it is. The yeah, middle between genius and yeah. Just Which I think it got me over the little iMovie. Shout out to iMovie. Uh, <laughs> Apple does not need any shout outs. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by yeah. Apple. Um, that, like the little, just the trick of putting me there when I started speaking to the producers and the directors, they were like, we really needed twins because we couldn't afford to shoot everything twice. And then we saw you do it on a program, on a laptop, and we're like, if he can do it, surely, surely we, we can, can do, do it. it. I thought you were going to say they thought you were a twin. Well, they did. The director did. Yeah. Oh, he did. Yeah. So the producers <laughs> knew, and they're like, "We've got this. We've got the guys for you." And they showed the director, and he's like, "Great, get get him in. Get get them in." And they're like, "There's one problem. Um, <laughs> Small problem. Yeah, they're not twins. One dude. One dude um, in his laptop. <laughs> yeah, one dude in his laptop." Great. Can he bring the laptop? Can he do it on set <laughs> yeah. for us? Um, so then did you do the editing for that film as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of credits on that film. <laughs> Lots of credits. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like a lot of acting, a lot of the industry just seems like saying yes to things that you... <laughs> have no idea Can how you do to that? do. Yep. And, uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You just learn on the job and you have to pick stuff up very quickly yeah, because yeah. you won't get that opportunity again. No. You know, if you say no, it's not like, oh, can you maybe do it in six months? It's like, hey... Can you um, start doing a voiceover on Monday, uh, you know, with a Scouse accent? Like, I certainly can. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't do it for you now. I've got a bit of tickle in my throat, but I promise <laughs> yeah. it's really good. And uh, I'll get it to you on Monday. Yeah. You know, so you just got to yes and. And it always like the... makes you, like, I have to do it now. I've said I can do it. Yeah, absolutely. You're like, I'm, I've got to learn. Yeah. That's the best. What's the most crazy one you've said? Yeah, yeah, I got you. <laughs> I don't know. Horse riding, always. Horse riding. I think is um, every actor says they can ride a horse. Not many actors. <laughs> you grew up on a cattle farm. Yeah, we were more of a Ute cattle farm. <laughs> okay. Driving a Ute's a bit easier than horse riding. Horse riding, definitely. Utes don't have personality. Well, you know, <laughs> some cars have personalities. You know, they're all. I think car car people would. Yeah, they, they beg would to disagree. Oh. Um, so yeah, every actor says they can ride a horse. Um, so I was going to do a docudrama in Adelaide called Changed Forever. Another war film. That's, four, I think, four that I've spoken yeah. about so far. We'll, <laughs> get, we'll get to number nine by the end of the podcast. <laughs> uh, it was a docudrama about sort of people during First World War that sort of changed history. Um, so I was playing a pilot who started off as a light horseman. Um, and I was like, yeah. I can ride the shit out of a horse. <laughs> You're like, I grew up on a farm in I Victoria. Up, of course I can farm. ride a horse. And like, I, I auditioned for a film like a couple of years before that that was all about horse riding. So I just went to my, like I know a lot of people with horses. So I went yeah. to my uncle's friend's place and just got some photos on a horse and next to a horse and <laughs> sent it. I was like, didn't think to practice didn't while you were there. I, you know, I had a trot around the, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, how, you do how much harder can it be? <laughs> um, so I sent those off and then did this film in Adelaide. And... There was a lot of horse riding oh. and I should have practiced a bit more. Because I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll practice when I get there. But the thing with, you know, lower budget Aussie things is there's no time. No. You rock up, you got to shoot and that's all they have time for. So I was put in like a, like a unit with real, not real, they were, they were um, reenactors of the light horse. So they were real, they were, they were horse riders. They were, they were real cowboys um, who would you know, spend their time doing reenactments of light horse stuff. So they were, you know, and they were, you know, teaching me how to ride and their, their best advice was just hold on. Um, so <laughs> That's I just good remember, advice. Yeah. I just, there, there was this one scene where, and the director could see it in my eyes and he's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. Of course. It, 
it's going to be okay. <laughs> and then we had to do this scene where we're galloping across, you know, maybe 500 metres at paddock. And one of the, the guys um, just leant over right before and he went, just so you know, horses like to race each other. Oh, gosh. Like, what does that mean? Action. <laughs> yeah. And then we just started galloping and it just got faster and faster and I could feel myself moving from side to side. And I was like, well, I've had a good run. <laughs> yeah, this is it. Yep. Only had to do one tank. What a, take, thank goodness. What a way and, to go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. wild. Yeah. I feel like horse riding as well, they're like doing it a lot. I've never ridden a horse. And I probably wouldn't tell anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it seems like it's very uncomfortable. And I feel like the next day after you did it, you'd be oh, like, yeah. oh, it be, muscles like, that I didn't know I had. Yeah, absolutely. Because, it, yeah, it's a lot of work and a lot of core strength. And, um, you know, I got to do it for apes, which was great. You mm. know, we, we, we learnt properly how to ride a horse. There's time for so, training on that There's time for training. Calibre. So now I'm no longer lying on my CV. <laughs> yes. It's just about all the other things that I can't do that I have on there. Um, one truth. That's good. One truth. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can't act, but I can ride a horse. <laughs> yeah. um, you yeah. act Yeah. <laughs> so I think when you... It is. It's very painful to begin with because there's so much rhythm involved and I was born with no rhythm. Like I can't even... My worst nightmare is when everybody starts to clap at a gig and I'm there going... <laughs> <laughs> I got this. <laughs> I don't got this. Um, you know, so trotting and things like that, you need rhythm. It's very rhythm based. Yeah, but but professional riders like they could just do it forever, do it yeah. all day. You know, um, that so. is so classic. Makes for a good story. Yeah, great story. Yeah, um, and now you know how to ride a horse. Now I know how to ride a horse. It all worked out in the end. It all worked out. Hopefully you'll get another role. We need someone who can ride a horse. And you're like, I am I your I truthfully guy. <laughs> can ride a horse. I'm not lying this time. Yeah. What do you mean this time? Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. But it's interesting. Like the the caliber of different jobs, kind of like you just said on smaller jobs, you don't get time to yeah. practice. It's like, this is it. But then for something like a bigger one, it's like, oh, you have weeks sometimes or a yeah, month of a- practice. And absolutely. And I think I think that's a, a good thing about coming up in the Aussie industry is because it is a very fast turnaround. It is very, mm. you know, limited with funds. There's not a huge amount of funding and all of it goes towards what comes up on screen, you know, all goes towards the actual shoot. Yeah. Um, so you do get theatres, you know, theatre is great. I love theatre because you get four weeks in the room working together. Mm. You develop character, you become a family, you create rapport. But you could rock up day one on a film shoot with your wife of 15 years <laughs> and have to have, you know, and then you just have to create this world. Yeah, you know? instantly. Instantly. So I think the, the, the way that the Aussie film and TV industry is so fast is a great way uh, of training actors to be prepared. You've got, to, you've got to make choices before, you've got to do your work, you've got to be ready to, to do what you've got to do when you rock up day one. Um, but It's a good th- training. Absolutely, really good training. But I think then the benefit of, of a bigger production, having two, you know, two, four weeks, six weeks, if you're lucky, of rehearsals, it's just such a luxury. Mm. You know, by the end of it, you, you're just a family. And then yeah. you've broken the ice, you, you're comfortable with each other, you trust each other. So then on day, you're not, you know, by the end of the rehearsal period, you're as comfortable with everybody as on a normal film you would be by rap. By the end. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, great, we're finally friends. And, and that was the last it. scene. <laughs> See you guys. I uh, wish I could redo it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, rehearsals don't happen often, but they're such a luxury. Mm. Yeah. And I think does doing the smaller jobs like as you said you've done your fair share of them yeah does that make the bigger jobs when they come along like you so much more appreciative of that process oh absolutely you know that it can be you know i still do you know short films and and, mm. and smaller things because i know how hard it is to make something i know how yeah. much work goes into making something and you kind of take it you know it, it definitely does it, it makes you appreciate when when something is funded properly but kind of when you're on a set of, you know, a short film or, or, you know, something smaller and things aren't going, you know, going to plan and you go, you go like, it's okay. Like the fact that we're here making something yeah. is enough, you know, the, the, to actually get something off the ground. Like these people, this is, this is somebody's last five years of writing this script. Totally. You know, so uh, I always try to re- rather be a free short film or Planet of the Apes, 
you know, give as much as your of yourself to the work as you can, mm. because this is no matter what it is, it's somebody else's life dream yeah. to to be making this thing, you know. So, um, and if you can help out in any way, you're like absolutely, hundred percent, yeah. And I've recently just made my first uh, narrative short film, and to see people kind of rally around you and want to help just out of the kindness of their heart and the interest in the project. It's so moving and humbling and, mm. and it's, yeah, it's just an incredible thing. So that's given me an, an appreciation again um, for people making stuff. Yeah. You go like, absolutely, I will help you because the fact that you're even attempting this yeah. is ludicrous in this world. You know, it's so hard to make something. So I will absolutely help you, you know, bring, bring this thing to life. But it does, you know, when you get on to, you know, a big production and you go, oh, wow, okay, yeah, this is, there's funds, there's money, like it does. It, People it, it doing things for you, you're like, oh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can get I my know, own. It's such a hard thing, like growing <laughs> Weird, up on a cattle right? farm and then going in and someone's like, can I get you a coffee? It's like, can, well, can I get you a coffee? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're not allowed to get me a coffee, but oh, Okay. So weird, isn't it? Yeah, I remember like on my first couple of jobs, like they'd be packing down and then I'd be like, oh, can I, can can I, I carry, yeah, can I carry this thing? They're like, no, you'll actually get us in trouble <laughs> yeah, if you carry yeah. this. I'm like, oh, oh sorry. noted. Yeah, that's yeah. so funny. Did you want to talk a little bit about Dusty? I don't know how. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so Dusty is a short film that I've written uh, and produced um, with the Aussie acting icon Jeremy Lindsay Taylor, who's the director. This is his debut. Um, I'm... The, the other actor in it is Shannon Ryan, uh, who's incredible. So it's a, it's kind of the first time I've jumped into – I've written a few things over the last couple of years. I got into writing just before COVID as a creative outlet. As we, we've spoken about a lot that this is such an up-and-down mm. industry and I needed something that I had control over because you have no control as an actor. You can go and do your best no. job. You're, you, you, know, you can do the best work and you can be perfect for the role. It can be your role but something – gets in the way something happens or the way they cut it or yeah what doesn't make it in yeah so i started writing and then COVID hit and i was like thank goodness i started writing before COVID, because it would have been that weird like psychological thing of like i should start writing during COVID to be productive and i was like well fuck you travis you don't have to be productive (laughs) so i'm glad i started before then you had uh, a lot more time for writing (laughs) yeah yeah so i'd already gotten the ball rolling with writing um and then just you know sort of fell in love with it and over the last, I think, two years, started writing. It's it has spiraled out of control in the best possible way. Mm. I um, wrote Jeremy, who's a really uh, one of my best mates, was like, write something for you and Shannon to be a part of, um, and I'll direct it just as an exercise. Yeah. So I had an idea and I started writing it, and the first draft was thirty-five pages, which is not good for a short film. <laughs> Bit um, long. Got to get it all out, you know. Uh, and then started refining it over over two years. Um, and I think we got to draft 17 by the end of it. Wow. Um, by, the time, by the time we shot. Um, so we shot it in April. It's, uh, it's a dark comedy all about the toxic toxic sides of, of grief. You know, how, uh, I, you know, all humans, I don't think we're ever really taught how to deal with grief properly. Some do it in good ways. I do it in not so, not so good ways. Um, so this is kind of a film about... It's it's basically a metaphor for chasing grief away, you know, which which I've done in the past with, with alcohol, you know, with partying and that sort of stuff. Um, so it's a very personal film, but I wanted to make sure it was a comedy as well because that's how I deal with, and a lot of Australians, a lot of humans deal with but by mm. deflection. You yeah. know, my heart's hurting. I'll make a joke. Um, you know, won't let anybody else see see the pain. So it's a, it's a film that starts quite light and then sort of shifts into it's a comedy until it can't be anymore mm-hmm. so it was an incredible uh incredible experience i didn't expect to be producing it and just sort of fell into it and and really loved it and learned so much so much about the industry and and so much about how it works and and again just a deeper appreciation for everybody's jobs around me um so it was really wild and we're moving into the sound mix um, really soon and should be done mid-November. That's very exciting. Yeah. Was there something like almost closure in making it? Did I it... I'll have to talk to my therapist. <laughs> <Yes. about> um, <laughs> I think so. It, it was... Because to do of... something so personal like in front of a crew like that Yeah, is that's when I kind hard. of first 
it wasn't really so much in front of the crew. So I wrote it, and it is it's a really it, it's a really personal story about a, a loss a loss of a, a really really close friend in my life, um, and then I dealt with it by drinking for about three years straight uh, under the the you know I was kind of like oh, I'm just having a great time I'm just partying and then sort of woke up one day and I was like oh. I've put on 20 kilos. I feel like shit. Maybe that wasn't such a good idea. Mm. Um, so I wrote it and that was fine. You shared it pe- with people and that's always a terrifying experience. Yeah. Um, and then we shot it and that was fine. And then it was when I started to watch Rushes Back, I was like, oh, shit. This is really personal. Yeah. And people are going to watch this. Um, but, you know, we started sending it out to, you know, people I uh, look up hugely in in uh, two in the industry like Glenn and Ivan and yeah and, wow. and Joe producer of the Apes and they were like and and the response has been really um, really beautiful and really supportive and I think it's because grief is such a universal thing everybody no matter if it's your goldfish or a family member pain is relative right and mm. and and grief is relative and we all the the most pain we've ever been in is the most pain we've ever been in. You can mm. never compare your pain to somebody else's pain. So I think everybody um, has experienced grief in some way. And that's how we got such an incredible crew uh, involved is kind of in, in a different way, everybody related to the script. Um, you know, so I, I kind of through that process saw how much people related to it. Um, and that kind of made me feel better about sharing it. And if if there's in any way, you know, it can help somebody identify that maybe they are self-destructive. You know, I've got a, a bit of a self-destructive personality sometimes. And then, you know, you mix drinking and stuff like that. And it can, and it can, when you're in the thick of it, like, well, yeah, absolutely. It's you can't very see hard the, to recognize. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, one day you, you realize that, uh, it was actually something much deeper than, than what you thought it was. Mm. Um, you know, so that's why I wanted to, that's why I'm excited to share the film because hopefully, hopefully it can help some people, even if it's not for them, you know, if it's for a friend that goes, oh, well, my mate's actually just been through something and he's drinking quite a bit lately. Maybe mm. I should have a chat or, you know, just shining a light on the the toxic side of grief because it is a really real side of it, you know, that self-destructive, I'm never going to feel this pain ever again and I'll just numb it, mm. you know, and then it just compounds and makes it worse and worse. Probably so, a less talked about side of grief. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... Hopefully it's funny too, you know. <laughs> Wanted to make sure it was really funny until it couldn't be anymore. So yeah, a bit of a genre mix. So, but we're really proud of it. Had such a incredible crew and cast, and just it's above and beyond anything I ever imagined it, it would become. And I just terrified, but I can't wait to share it with you all. <laughs> no, congratulations. That's thank you to put yourself out like that is a very terrifying thing. Yeah, especially when you make something, and I don't know if you've had it yet, where like. I remember making my grad film and just sitting in a room full of peers and with everyone watching it back and you're yeah. kind of like, oh, everyone's watching this. Yeah. Um, it's really hard. But yeah, as you said, if one person gets something out of it. Absolutely. It's worth it. Then it's like job done. Job done. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's such a great mentality to take into learning things in life. Mm. Um, you know, with, with making films or, you know, reading an acting book or a book on filmmaking you know, I think people, it's it's harder because we've got so much access to so much information. It's really hard to to distill it. Um, you know, you go like, oh, I didn't learn much from that book. But as long as you learn one thing, yeah, that's worth it. You know, you go to a lecture and you go, oh, I took one good thing away from that. And you go, well, that's great. That's yeah. enough. It's like flipping that, you know, the self-talk of being like, oh, I didn't learn enough out of that. Well, yeah. You learn flip it the other One way you thing. learned something yeah absolutely it's, it's definitely worth it that's that would have been was that amidst strikes you got to do all that or it hadn't that probably was a bit before right yeah so we shot it in um april okay yeah so yeah, strikes wouldn't yeah that was a bit so, later on yeah just a little bit later on so we've been been in the post side um over the last how many months yeah where are we Time has lost all meaning. I was going to um, say that happens in post. <laughs> yeah. So learning so much about a world that I never really knew much. I knew that I loved editing. Yeah. Knew nothing about it, but knew that I loved it. Mm-hmm. 
but then you know moving into the sound mix and grading and just the little things like you know putting credits together and making sure people are, are properly thanked in the right way and um working out your festival run and just such an it gave me such an appreciation for the length of time that it takes around the shoot mm. so you know for an for apes we were shooting for what five months yeah how many years either side is it, you know, like you're an actor, you rock up and you go, all right, see you guys, job's over. It's like, well, no, actually, we've got a year and a half, two years left. Yeah, of post. Oh, okay, have, have fun. I was going to say, like, when you said you'd been writing it for two years, I think that's something that people maybe outside the industry, you just go and watch a movie and, oh, yeah, that was great. Absolutely, so, but it's easy. Yeah. Someone spent sometimes like five, ten years writing that Absolutely. script before it got made and it's been knocked back and knocked back. Yeah. And, like Squid Game, didn't they get knocked back for 10 years straight? Like, yeah, I think I did read that. And then it had the success that it did. Yeah. It's like... Right place, right time. Definitely. But yeah, that's that's very cool. Is it It's going to go to festival? Fingers crossed if it gets into any. Yeah, but that's the plan? That's the, pl- that's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. That's very yeah. exciting. Yeah. That's very good. Have you got any other anything else coming up? I suppose not. Well, yeah, so it's a bit of a tricky one with the strikes, especially, with, you know, a lot of big Australian names that will come back and do series and things like that are all SAG members. So yeah. they're kind of stuck as well. So productions can't go ahead and that sort of stuff. But um, I'm heading to Perth at the top of next year um, for a film, which should, be, which should be great, which hasn't been released, hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. Um, but Stay tuned. Stay tuned <laughs> for more details. Um, and then after that one, we'll be hanging out in Perth again for uh, another feature. Stay tuned. That's so um, exciting. Yeah. Does so it pop back into Whopper? Yes. Yeah. Um, go go say good day. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time since I've been there. Uh, all the anxiety of being a student <laughs> will come rushing back. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Why are my shoulders around my ears again? <laughs> yeah. Taking 10 years to lower them. What's uh, happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's nice. It's nice to, to start a year with a little bit of work because it doesn't happen often. Yeah. You know. Before we finish up, You've got your blue nail polish on. Uh-huh. I did want to let yes. you talk about that. Right. So nobody can see it, but I'm wearing blue blue nail polish, one blue uh, nail, which is for the Polished Man campaign, uh, which is a really beautiful campaign. It's a really important campaign. It's uh, The campaign's on a mission to end violence against women and children everywhere. So what happens is every October we um, encourage people to sign up and polish up, which is a conversation starter, you know. Just like what's just happened then. Like, yeah. What's what's with your nail Why polish? Have you got a blue nail polish? Yeah, and then you tell them that it's the Polish Man campaign, and then they tell two people, and they tell four people, and then the next thing you know, you've you've got a movement. Um, you know, I've been a, an ambassador for a few years, and just kind of got really um, invested in the change that this beautiful campaign is making. You know, what one in two kids is affected by violence every year and one in three women will be affected by violence in their lifetime, which those numbers are just so heartbreaking and so hard to believe. And, you know, those numbers should be zero. So this incredible campaign, um, through awareness and and through the nail and through fundraising, um, raises awareness and funds that goes towards trauma prevention and trauma recovery for women and children um, being affected by violence. So um, when's the podcast coming out? A uh, couple, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Yeah. Well, next year. Um, yeah. So it's an October campaign. Next year, jump on my page if you want to be a part of the Polish Man campaign. It's really beautiful. It's it, it go the, the money goes towards really important things, and polish up. Um, and and you know their slogan this year is together we can, um, which is so true. You know you need people, you need hands and fingernails mm. and as many people as we can to to help fix these issues. So they're bringing together people to um, to do something really important. Yeah. Jasper, who's a friend who was on the podcast this week, does a lot of charity work and she was saying that such a big part of it, you know, the raising money and funds aside is the awareness side of it, which I think Absolutely. this campaign does yes, fabulously. It's really, it's really good with awareness and, you know, that that's kind of my – all my mates are actors. Mm. So nobody's got any money to donate. Yeah. You know, like if I chuck up a post on Instagram, I'm like, we don't have any money. Like share it though. Yeah, like yeah it's great absolutely. That so, so many other. Avenues. So that's kind of how I try to approach my part as an ambassador mm. is through that awareness, is through 
you know, trying to talk to as many people as I can and, and, and posting things and, and cause that, that helps just as much. And, you know, maybe your mate can't donate because they can't, they, they can't financially, but if they share it, they've got a mate who can, you know, so it's that, that knock on effect and the more eyes and, and, you know, and the more people we have on it, the more they're going to raise and the, and the, the more they can tackle this really, really important, really heartbreaking issue that affects, you know, that affects everyone. Mm. People kind of, you know, people like to think that in their lives that they don't know anyone, but if you scratch the surface, everybody would know somebody that's affected by violence. Yeah. Um, you know, the stats are just, they're just mind blowing and they're so hard to believe, but unfortunately they're the reality. Um, so yeah, but really proud, really proud to be an ambassador for this incredible Polished Man campaign. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I very much appreciate it. My pleasure. It's really happy great. to be here. Apes is coming out next year. Yes. May 24th. May 24th. Yes. Very exciting. Start of the holidays in America, I believe. Keep your eyes peeled. And Instagram? Yes, just at Trav Jeffrey. Awesome. Well, everyone go check it out. Thank you so yeah. much for coming. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. All good. Good to chat. <laughs> Thank you.